Hi, Dr. Sears. I'm not sure what to do about my daughter. Hey, Dr. Sears. When I opened my baby's diaper, what came out really Hi, Dr. Sears. My kids refuse to eat fruits and vegetables. What do I do? I've been more terrible foods the last couple of days. Can I get your advice, Dr. Sears? All right, welcome in to the Dr. Sears Family Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jim Sears, along with my sister, a certified health coach, Hayden Hello. Sears. How are you doing? Good. Good, good. And then across the room there, sound man Matt, our little brother, Hi. father of four. No, that's... I mean, I mean, our father of a four-year-old. <laughs> he father sometimes four. seems He's like Feels four. like four, four right? Yes. All right. And we have a great guest in today. We're going to um, introduce her right away instead yeah. of do our little thing and then we'll bring her in. That's great. This is... Um, a person um, of the people that have like major influences in your life, um, this um, amazing guest is is one of those people, and we'll talk about why. This is veteran summer camp director Audrey Sunshine Monkey, has a <laughs> master of psychology, masters in psychology, and she's a uh, parenting expert. And she is the uh, I've talked about summer camp a lot. Yes, I think on, the, on and she is the owner and director of this camp. Uh, welcome in. Oh, it Audrey. is so much fun to be yes, here. I've yeah, been yeah. looking forward to this. I'm really excited to chat with you both today. Oh, yeah. And you, you've got a book coming out that we'll talk about. And um, now, I, it's funny. I've always called you Sunshine. Yes. Because um, that's your camp name. Yes. And my camp name is Bones. And, uh, <laughs> that's what so I call you. <laughs> yeah, so it's odd, it's odd to be calling you Audrey. Yes. But that's your professional name, <laughs> right? Real name. It is actually my, yes, it's my name. Your, but, your, um, your given, God-given name yes, or whatever. Yes, it's true. <laughs> I asked my uh, publisher if I could just have Sunshine on my book, and they said no. They're like, hmm. no, two granola E, or yeah, no one will take you seriously, or whatever. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But <laughs> so, and that was cool when I first started going to the the camp. I've this will, I believe, this summer will be my fifteenth summer being a camp doctor for your camp. And uh, when I had to pick a camp name, everybody, all the counselors and staff have camp names up there. And uh-huh. I mean, and I thought, and you would email me, hey, you got to pick a camp name. I'm like, well, what what would be a good, you know fantasy name for a doctor i'm like well bones of course yeah. right from star trek right and i, I was like <laughs> and uh it, and uh I, i'll never forget uh driving up there and you see me across the the parking hey are you bones yeah anyway so um but like i said um I've spent 15 summers up there. Well, 14 this summer. This summer will be 15. And my kids have gone to your camp and um, have eventually were junior counselors and then counselors. And just the the amount of – and this is what we're going to be talking about today is just how profound camp, summer camp can can um, change your kids for the better. Um, and what your book is about is how to bring that home, mm-hmm. how to bring all the amazing parts of camp home. And um, so that's kind of what we're all going to talk about today. But before we get into all that, um, don't forget to find us on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Sears Family Podcast, on the interwebs, AskDrSears.com slash podcast. And if you're listening, that means you probably like the show. So please tell your friends, share it, grab their phone, find the podcast (laughs) app, and just subscribe for them. And then um, share it. Share it with your friends and give it a rating. Ratings really, really help. And we I love seeing new ratings every every week uh, from you guys. And those are really, really cool. So... um, so do that, and uh, Audrey has a podcast too, right? Yes, and we will we'll talk about. It. Well, let's, okay, let's just let's so we don't forget to plug all your stuff. Okay, <laughs> um, we got Sunshine Parenting podcast. Yes, yes. Um, that's great. You, I love you bring a lot of 
like really high powered um, parenting experts yes. uh, um, from a variety of uh, um, uh, areas, and I've I've listened to a lot of them, and they're right. really 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 informative. Um, almost too informative. I have to like sit, and, you know, <laughs> instead of, I, I try to drive, and you know, if I'm doing anything while I'm doing your podcast, I have to often stop and like take notes and rewind and listen again. So, but it really really good stuff. And then your website, uh, sunshine-parenting.com. And your book is called Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. And you can find info on that on happycampersbook.com. That book comes out May 7th, yes. I believe. Yep, it's coming up. It'll be everywhere, Amazon, bookstores, all that stuff. So, um, so we are going to get into all that. But before we do, it is time for... Comments with Hayden. Hi, everyone. So we've ha- we have some really great comments um, from our last podcast with Catherine Lee, and this podcast is the most shared podcast. We've had a ton of shares because it is was all about uh, human trafficking and how we can be informed about that and protect our families. And so I think. This topic has resonated with so many people, it's just been shared like crazy. So uh, a lot of looking forward to listening type comments. And then um, Sherry Audrey said, great info shared on this podcast. Thank you and Pure Hope Foundation for all that you do. Uh, We had Brandy saying, I can't tell you how much I thoroughly enjoyed this. We have a ton of emojis, which are fantastic. And then we also had people tagging other people. Like on the comments, a lot of them were just oh my gosh, you have to listen to this. It was just this urgency. And um, I think parents really just felt like they they felt excited to get this information out here because it was so important, but also very accessible and hopeful, not not out of a spirit of fear. Yeah, so. that's, that's, that's an important thing I, mm-hmm. that I really liked from the podcast we did is that so many posts you see on Facebook try to just shock you into this fear mentality of, of everything regarding human trafficking. But... Catherine's thing was really focusing on hope and preparation and and not out of a fear thing, like you Mm -hmm. said, which was nice. So keep listening, keep sharing, keep commenting. We love to hear from you guys. Cool, cool. Can I comment? Oh, yeah, sure. I love that podcast episode so much. And what I really, what resonated with me was the standing up straight, Mm -hmm. someone gives you a compliment, be confident, say thank you move on. Mm-hmm. And I this is one of the things so many of the different people that I've interviewed on my podcast or the work that I do with the girls at camp is on this whole theme of being confident, um really just, you know, kind of presenting yourself in a way that basically tells people don't mess with me. Mm-hmm. And I that's really important and I have three daughters, they're 25, 23 and 20 and this has been something that we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Is it's, you know, you're going to be presenting yourself in a way you're a strong, confident person and you don't let people think they're going to mess with you. So, yeah. anyway, I liked that part of her your episode a lot. I mm-hmm. loved it. A lot of people have said that. I think it it was because it was such a tangible thing mm-hmm. to teach your kids, mm-hmm. not only for this reason, but just in general. Yes. Yes, <laughs> so. absolutely. So, love that. Mm-hmm. And I I can't wait for her next the next part 2 or yeah. whatever's coming out. <laughs> cool, cool. So, uh, before let's uh um, before we get into the book, and um, I'm so excited to talk about it because it's such I'm so passionate about all the everything you talk about. Um, one of, we we get questions from you guys, and we love hearing those, and they really help us um, know what to talk about on the podcast. But we're, well, we got one question from through the uh, the website, right, Matt? Is that where it came? Um, 
I have, it doesn't say who's it from though, but whoever wrote it will probably recognize. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, whoever it was. I have followed attachment parenting, comma, Dr. Sears and family for quite some time. However, I'd like to see some advice focused towards 11, or 10 to 14 year olds, handling talking back, building your older child up. Eating he- healthy eating habits. <laughs> I almost said eating healthy habits. <laughs> <laughs> and maintaining a routine that works for your child and working parents. Well, guess what? You are in luck because, uh, Audrey, you you cover so much of that in this book. So, mm-hmm. um, so this question is going to get answered for the next hour or more. Yay. I'm excited awesome. to hear some of these tips because this is the age <laughs> range of... I mean, my kids are right, right there, so I'm mm-hmm. excited. And uh, so... Let's get into it. The book is called Happy Campers. And uh, Audrey, uh, I'm just going to ask you, what what uh, led you to write this book? Well, uh, as you know, I've been at camp for 34 years. And so, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with thousands of kids and the young adult counselors and the parents. And as the years went on and I got older and my own kids got older, I found myself often serving as a parent coach for the parents of our campers. Not, you know, not not meaning to, but a lot of conversations about things outside of camp. And um, I was able to share observations about things that I saw in their kids at camp and ideas for things they could do at home. And so in 2012, I actually started my blog, Sunshine Parenting. And it just started as a little way to share some of the things like the trainings we do with counselors on positive behavior management or the discussions we do at our campfires that parents can do at home around the dinner table. I just started sharing these little things that I had learned at camp and had practiced with my own family with sort of mostly it was our camp's parents, but then it sort of started spreading and I would hear from random other people who didn't go to camp that they were reading things and just got a lot of really good feedback from people that they were learning from these, to me, very simple strategies that we are able to train our camp counselors who are, you know, 19 to 22-year-olds, mm-hmm. these really great strategies of working with kids. And um, so it was just became a really fun kind of second side thing for me, my writing. And then it evolved into the podcast, which you said you listen. I love doing a podcast. I love being on your mm-hmm. podcast. I love meeting these people and reaching out to parenting experts, authors who are just writing about the kind of cutting edge things they're learning about brain and brains and kids and how we can help them just grow into thriving, awesome humans. So basically my mission is if I can share something that helps people raise kids who become functioning, thriving, awesome adult human beings, then that's kind of what I'm out there doing. And I want to let people know that it doesn't have to be so complicated and hard. So I try to kind of have a positive spin on it um, in that I don't think you have to read every parenting book there is. You don't have to become – you don't even have to be great at all this stuff. Even mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time, yeah. like it's like you can, <laughs> you know, you yeah. mess. Parents mess up. Great yeah. parents mess up. I'm not a perfect parent. None of us are. But these little things that you can do, little habits in your family, can really make a big difference for how your kids turn out. So mm. the book is sort of the, you know, the I guess it's you know my I don't know what you want to call it. I'm 52 now. It's like I'm kind of I love camp, but camp is doing really great. I have all these leaders that we've you know raised mm-hmm. up at camp, and so this is kind of my part too is sort of spreading this word, speaking, writing, podcasting, um, trying to get this message out to like more people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much to talk about. I, I want to go back to when I first 
was introduced to the the possibility of my young kids going to camp and mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, oh no what there's no way I could do this my I can't send my kids off to you know to, and um I want to say my daughter was maybe 9 years old maybe even younger when she first uh, um when I first was invited to come up mm-hmm. and to be a camp doctor and um, I was excited for that. Wow, this is gonna be great! I've, you know, I did I did some camp as a as a kid, and it was so awesome. And my my dad was a camp doctor, mm-hmm. um, and um, but but uh, my stint up there was going to be for one week. Um, but uh, and because of that, my daughter was invited to go. But it was for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that means she's going to be up there for a week without me. And, <laughs> you know, and I th- a lot of parents out there, the moment you mention summer camp, you know, some parents are, oh, yeah, I'm totally in. Some parents are, I don't think I could let mm-hmm. my child be away mm-hmm. from me for that long. And, um, and uh, I'm so glad I did because for a variety of, of reasons, I think it's really healthy for kids to kind of – get out from under the wing of their parents and and experience a different culture a different um a different uh parent um like authority be, figure authority yeah. figure in in a in a younger adult counselor um with just has a different outlook on life is is possibly i think it, probably about half of your staff is from overseas i think you could probably tell me seems that way a lot of accents yes <laughs> yes i, I don't yeah. think it's quite half but there but are a the, lot yeah, there is yeah. like quite um it's exposure for these kids to a lot of people that they wouldn't meet mm-hmm. normally it's true but on that point you're right most parents especially in this era that's kind of a fearful parenting time Mm-hmm. where sure. we think that there's I think you even told me some story about someone who didn't want to let their child go to the bathroom in your doctor's oh, right, office right. this yeah, summer yeah. Mm-hmm. just I think we were having a podcast episode and talking right. about that about that parents feel like their job is to just protect their kids their kids are so vulnerable and oh my gosh there's all these crazy things out there in the yeah. world and what's a it's a really freeing experience to let your child go to a place where there's structure and supervision and good leadership it's a great experience for the parents and and for the child. Mm-hmm. And there's something about, I don't know if you had someone in your childhood, um, like this third adult, your parents think you're great, you know, no matter what. Right. And I, I think all my kids are so terrific, and I tell mm-hmm. them that a lot. And they say, well, you know, of course, mom. You know, you think that. You're my mm-hmm. mom. You're biased. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I am. You have to think that. <laughs> you are. Yeah. That is right, our job right. as parents. Uh-huh. But to go to a place when you're, you know, 10 years old and have someone who's not your parent see something in you, find something special about you, comment on how your sense of humor is making the group more fun, that sinks in more than many things that we as parents say to kids. So the power of adult mentors, especially ones who are just a few years older, those people um, kids really listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who's like at that college age, they're cool, they're, you know, they, they're going to listen to them more than they listen to us as parents who, you know, it, you know, and we thought the same way about our parents when mm-hmm. we were that age. Like, they don't know anything. They don't know what's really going on in the world. Well, so I, it's, it's a powerful thing to let your child have that experience, and it's much harder on parents than it oh, is on sure. kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, I I remember vividly, you know, we sent our daughter off up on the bus and waved goodbye. And I knew I'd see her in a week. Yeah. But, uh, and man, I I was really just nervous. And how is she going to do up there? Is she going to be homesick and and whatnot? Um, And the camp, and I'm sure most camps do this now, but post pictures Mm -hmm. of the kids every day. And we could go online. And uh, I saw the, the very first picture I saw, she was in a kayak paddling her, herself, this tiny little, my tiny little <laughs> daughter in this kayak, and this big smile on her face. And I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> she's good. And now, so that we're good. And and um, and uh, just seeing that, uh, you know, um, so any parents out there, I, I don't know if I could send my child mm-hmm. off to camp. Y- you can and you should. Um, for For one thing, you know, when your kid's getting to that 10, 11, 12 year old, that's, that's, uh, you know, a decade of, of them kind of being put into a mold, so to, so to speak, you know, they, they have their school friends and they kind of know mm-hmm. where they, how they fit in there and in their family. And, and it's kind of, there's a, they're kind of on this track, but you go off to camp and maybe you have a, you go up there with a friend or not, but chances are it's not with your entire class. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a whole new set of friends that often become lifelong friends. Um, and uh, it's, it's just a way to, for the, the child to kind of start anew and, mm-hmm. and kind of build a, 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 a different um, uh, um, identity uh, in, in a good way to kind of get, get rid of all the, what everybody, how they, they view themselves. And, mm-hmm. um, and how they've been, I think what you're trying to say is how they've been perceived by their family right. and their mm-hmm. school. You, they can get kind of stuck in that identity. Mm-hmm. So sort of have this time and space and this, this moment during the summer where they can kind of find a newness of who they are and bring that out. Right. And I think you'll probably get to this, but then bring that back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And that's, I think that's what we call the magic of summer camp. And that's <laughs> right. one of the first uh, chapters or, or the, even the introduction yeah. in, in the book called The Magic of Summer Camp. Um, one thing about the book, you asked me to write a little endorsement for the, mm-hmm. the back, you know, mm-hmm. on the back of books, they have, you know, yeah. little, that was just really cool to have been asked to do that. And so you sent me an advanced copy and I took it with me on a, on a plane ride and I had the whole plane ride, I wrote notes and I'm reading and just underlining stuff. And then the, the whole back three and, uh, empty pages, I just had notes and notes and notes. And then I, on my plane ride home, I kept writing more notes. And I think I left the book on the plane. Oh no! Oh good. Um, maybe somebody uh, yeah. else. I know. Maybe somebody else is going to read so it. So somebody it else. Somebody be. has this really cool, <laughs> written up, highlighted, <laughs> underlined, and I know you've. I wrote thoughts, and, and oh. so I was. I was kind of bummed to miss it, but I was like, well, somebody's got a pretty yeah, cool sure. uh, thing out there. But one, the thing I really liked about the book, it's it's just full of re- very concrete advice that's easy to apply. With very specific steps, you know, mm-hmm. some books are very, um, you know, a lot of ideas mm-hmm. and oh, that sounds great, but but what, what do I do? I, what do I do with yes. that? And you yep. literally, it's almost like a a cookbook. Do step one, mm-hmm. step two, <laughs> step three, you know, and and I think it's 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 so cool um, for all types of parents, and especially with so many uh, step parents nowadays, mm-hmm. um, kind of act a bit kind of like how a camp mm-hmm. a camp counselor mm-hmm. you, you you haven't you don't have the uh, the background of growing up when the child was a baby and and all that right. connection mm-hmm. um suddenly you're coming in with a you know a teen you're a new parent to a, t- a teenager right. that um and that can go great and it cannot go great a lot of times and right. and um i love how just uh especially 
you know, I, I, to a fault, I, I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist, and I, I was pretty hard on my kids, and 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 um, and a lot of parents might be quick to point out uh, what the child's doing wrong, mm-hmm. but the first several chapters of your book are all about good stuff, mm-hmm. connecting, uh, finding you know, the good in kids, and and pointing out what they're doing right, and things like that. Positive positive practices produce optimistic kids, mm-hmm. and. Um, which I think um, I think every parent should read this book, but especially any step parent, mm. um, you know, is uh, it, it's funny. You, you, there's books out there how to be a good step parent, and I, I've read those, and eh, I didn't come away with anything nearly as good as what's in this book, mm-hmm. Happy Campers. So I, I I really really like it. Yeah, well, thanks for that. I actually would really like teachers mm-hmm. and kind of anybody. It's um, it's although it's I mean I know it's summer camp secrets for raising kids to me. Yes, it's a parenting book, but I think it's also could be very helpful to anyone who works with kids um, because the things that we do at camp. Um, so you know, summer camp. A lot of people just view it as, oh, you know, whatever summer camp. It's a thing kids do for a week or two, no big deal. Well, for many kids, and that's that whole magic thing. It is their single most transformational experience of their childhood. Um, they, for the first time. Um, have that opportunity to feel this sense of belonging, mm-hmm. to feel part of a community that's not doesn't share the same kind of values that they've seen at school and maybe even at home. Um, whereas no one cares about your grades. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do it. Our camp, a lot of camps don't have competitive sports. So right. even kids who are athletes outside of camp, that's not part of camp. It is all about them as a person and working on things like being a good friend, um, pushing themselves to challenge themselves to like get outside their comfort zone. So it's a lot of things that they don't have as much opportunity to experience kind of in day-to-day life. And so for many kids, they come to camp and it is like their parents see them at the end of two weeks and they are like, what happened to my kid? They're like carrying themselves a little taller. They seem more mature. They feel a lot more confident. And parents are like, what did you do? Like, what happened up here? (laughs) And the thing is, is that there's a lot of different things that happened. But one of the biggest things was the child had a chance to be their own person Mm. away from their parents away from kind of those preconceived notions, which we all have that. I mean, you you just kind of, you know, you get your spot in the family, mm-hmm. you know, you're the oldest who's like the perfectionist who gets the good grades and you're the athlete and you're this and you're that. Everybody has their like place. Well, when you come to camp or any kind of new community that you, you know, right. become a part of, it's a chance to be yourself. And I think camp gives the space to kids. And this is, I would say, any camp. You're getting outdoors. You're getting off your phone. You're getting away from your normal environment, going to a new place. And you have the chance to reflect about yourself and discover new things that you maybe have never had the opportunity to discover. And your parents aren't there with kind of like that bubble wrap yeah. thing. Be careful. Yeah. Don't, don't do Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I do that to my kids. You cannot help it. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's natural inclination. If you're a parent and your kid is even like you're a sailor getting in a sailboat for the first time, you know, you're, you're oh, oh gosh, oh, wait, I better help you. I'm, right. I'm going to steer for you because I know how to do this and you don't know how yet. So I'm going right. to do this for you. Or your kid's on a zip line and you're thinking, oh gosh, oh gosh, that seems so scary. That's so high. That's so high. And your your kid is looking at you seeing your fear. So you can't help. Your kids do not do as much stuff when you're there. Mm-hmm. They don't challenge themselves as much. Right. Anybody's kids. It doesn't matter if you're an adventurous person. When you're there, it is our, we're made that way. We have a natural protective instinct. So that's why kids come to camp and they try things that their parents said, oh, my kid would never do that. 
my kid's scared of heights. They're never going to go on the ropes course. Oh, they're scared of sailing. They don't like mm-hmm. horses. They're not going to do that. And um, and kids come and often surprise themselves and their parents because in a new setting with the encouragement of counselors and being able to see some new peers who are showing them how to do it, they do stuff they wouldn't do at home. So part of it is the being away from parents. Mm-hmm. That's one of the – I mean, I know and, – and parents want to be there for everything for their kids. Like you yeah. think – well, I don't want to miss my kid getting up on water skis for the first time. That would be so sad. I'm their parent. I want to be there for every single thing that they do. The thing is, is that your kids won't do some things mm-hmm. with right. you there. Yeah. So I even if it's not camp, I really – one of my things is encourage your child. If you have an uncle, if you have some friends, somewhere where your child can go to do something new without you – it's a really positive experience mm-hmm. for kids. And they need it at some point. And we're really um, kind of crippling our kids when we keep them home safely with us. And then at 18, say, okay, have fun at your college across the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, think right. that they're going to go from one day being home with us and having us pretty much navigate and help them to everything to all of a sudden being a capable adult living far away from home. And many kids are struggling with that. And so summer camp is a very easy early in life opportunity to start building some of those skills that in order to be a thriving human being, you actually need, which Mm -hmm. is feeling okay without mom or dad right next to you all the time. I really like that because I know sometimes my kids, if, if they're presented with an opportunity and it's something they've not usually liked and they almost... Um, rely on me to rescue them from that. Like yes. like you said, oh, they won't go on that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And so they're used to just me taking care of that. But if they're if I'm not there and and they don't they may not speak up and say, oh, I don't like that. They it gives them the opportunity to kind of recalibrate. My mom's mm-hmm. not here to just nip it in the bud right away. Mm-hmm. So now I have to kind of be a little uncomfortable and for my kids, they're uncomfortable. Well, one of them is uncomfortable speaking up and saying, no, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's good sometimes because <laughs> it gives them a chance to actually think, well, maybe I can do that. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. if I'm not there to right. rescue them right yeah. away. Right. So right. I really like that a well, lot. I think it's a, a very important skill to be able to go in and do something that you don't want yeah. to do, don't think you can do. And and it's funny, for last summer, our, my, our youngest, Callie, she, she's so funny. She 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 enjoys camp. Um, she hates that she's she's already complaining that she's not going to get her phone for two <laughs> mm-hmm, weeks. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Um, but last summer going into camp, she's like, um, Jim, can you uh, write a note um, to the camp saying I don't need to go on the backpacking trip? You know, mm-hmm. you you know. I mean, yep. <laughs> of all the things—that's a common that, one, <laughs> right? I mean, there's the water skiing, the horseback riding, the bike riding, the canoeing, the sailing, and the rock climbing, and the—I mean—and that's—I didn't even touch half the stuff they're doing. Um, but something about just she just didn't want to go on the backpacking trip, and I was like, Callie. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> writing a note saying you don't have to do that. Um, just knowing that you'll you'll get through it. Uh, of all backpacking trips, it's probably one of the easiest ones. They what they walk for maybe an hour and then they camp in in a beautiful protected area next to a stream and and uh, yeah maybe there's a couple of bugs here and there and they cook their food and but as a parent that would have been like the worst thing I could have done is to to protect her from uh, a very good learning experience how to. Mm-hmm. 
how to be outside, how mm-hmm. to sleep on us in on on some in the dirt on a sleeping bag, and and uh, and be just a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of things in in her future that are going to be way more uncomfortable than that, yes. and that she's going to dread doing. Um, and you know, having made it through uh, an overnight backpack trip makes her a better person. Yeah. Well, and that's one of those things that a lot of times, and adults are the same way. There's things that you think, oh, I'm not going to like this, or it's going to be hard, and then afterwards, oh. That was the best thing I did. Yes. Right. And that is what we have found over and over with backpacking. The kids are like, well, I would so much rather go water skiing or arts and crafts. I don't really want to go backpacking. And then you ask them at the end of the camp, what was your most memorable best part of camp? The backpacking trip. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. part of it is, you know, we have to balance that, yes, we we need to figure out what we like and don't like. And that's part of camp, too. We, we talk about challenge by choice. And I talk about that in the book with kids, too. Kids all have different kind of comfort zones. And there are some kids for whom anything is so hard, Mm -hmm. right? So some kids need just a little bit of, hey, let's just, you know, how about we go for a little day hike? Or, you know, it's like little things. There are other kids who are really brave, very courageous, try everything. They need more challenge, you know? (laughs) And if we always just tell kids, oh, no, you don't have to do that. You don't think you'll like it? Oh, then don't try it. Then we really kind of limit them of the so many great adventures that they could have. So we do, I mean, our philosophy at our camp is we want the kids to try things. And we don't, you know, make them do it lots of times. But we have an age group that we send out backpacking. As they get older, it's optional. So, you know, she was probably in her last year, mm-hmm. last year of needing to go on a trip. And probably. it's a one-night trip. Yeah. We try to make it fun so that they enjoy it and want to do it more. But they don't all. Some of them do. But then after that, they get older and they become an adult and maybe they are a backpacker and maybe they're not. But they've at least had the chance to try it. So, right. I mean, that's a big part of – and what I what I encourage parents too is I think we sometimes um, – you know, we talk about the fixed and growth mindset. I think we get in a fixed mindset about our kids and we say, oh, oh, they're the artistic one. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of people will say, oh, oh, my kid's not a camp kid. Okay, that – is sad because guess what? Anybody can come to camp and find things they enjoy and most importantly, experience the fun of the community. And it's the kind of place where kids who are artsy can find more artistic stuff and discover another side of themselves, maybe some kind of other activity that they like. And I just think we get very parent. I mean, kids are so like, it's so like you're doing this year round soccer. That's you. Like, that's your whole self. And people are so much bigger than one activity. And I think camp for a lot of kids is their first time that they have that opportunity to see, oh, I'm not just a tennis player or I'm not just a theater kid. I also like archery and, wow, now I like sailing. And, Mm -hmm. oh, I really like leading games at the campfire. It's like they discover that they are not just this very small, one-dimensional kind of person. Yeah, and that yeah. and the counselors have the same experience. I exactly, think exactly. Yeah, sure. Um, it's funny, just for my own self, how much I look forward to this summer um, activity for me, and, and how it's it's so funny. Many times I'll come up. Uh, I've done it for one week, two weeks. I've, I think I've even spent three weeks uh, one summer um, up there, not in a row. I think I did two weeks and then another week, uh, just kind of filling in as 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 you needed. But um, 
many times I'll bring work with me. Oh, when I'm up there, I'll, I'll work on this book or that. And I never even, <laughs> it's just a waste. Because you think I, you're going to have all yeah, this free time. Yeah, I have all this time. And then, I, but I'm just, I get out in nature and I kind of go, I need to not do that. I need to mm-hmm. just go on walks and r- bike rides and, and canoe and, 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 um, ride a horse and just enjoy the camp experience. And uh, it's funny, I I actually years ago missed a book deadline (laughs) because I wasn't working on it at camp. But just the the stuff I've brought home, I know we've talked about this before. Let's talk about the, um, uh, whenever I would get home from camp, I would be in this just such a different mindset uh, in terms of a variety of things, my activity, but even just nutrition. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like every time I go up there, I come back about 10 pounds lighter. Um, and I've often tried to figure out why is that? What what am I doing differently up there than I'm doing down here? And, and it's funny because when I'm up there, I'll probably eat more food, mm-hmm. um, yet I'm losing weight. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm down here, I'm trying to eat salads and maybe skipping meals and, and, and all that. Um, but up there, I mean, there's, you show up and there's just the, you know, the pancakes and the eggs and the, and, and the yummy stuff and, um, all most pretty much all healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I've noticed uh, the kids uh, and myself, there's not much snacking. Mm-hmm. There's not much sitting around, I'm bored watching TV, mm-hmm. um, so I'm just going to grab a bag of Doritos mm-hmm. and munch through those. You know, the kids, uh, they're, they're just busy, 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 walking here, mm-hmm. doing their activity, coming, you know, coming to breakfast, um, and then going off more activities. And uh, it's like the kids are just too bored, I mean, too busy. Mm-hmm. To to get to the, eat because they're bored and snack yeah. yes. and uh, um, and I really tried to maintain that when I get home. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I know I can physically um, handle. I, I it's actually possible to get go from lunch to dinner without <laughs> eating anything. Um, you know, the kids come in. You know, yep. middle of the afternoon. I'm hungry. Uh, I don't. No, you're not. I don't think you are. And um, I, it, it's funny, the camp experience is, at least what I experience is, it's, it's, uh, it's such a, a good routine. Mm-hmm. You, get, you know, you eat, yes. you go play. Yeah. Kind of like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, um, we'd eat and we'd disappear at the park all in the woods and friend's house all, all and come back and then be somewhere for lunch. Then disappear yeah. again, and then come in for dinner, and, and that was it. And right. uh, and you're just always off running around. And it's so nice to be able to return to that kind of mindset. And um, you know, I, I encourage parents to bring that home. Yeah, you know, sure. And just have meal time, and then have yeah. not meal time. I think in the book, that, I mean, I don't actually talk at all about snacking or right. any of that yeah, in yeah, the yeah, book, yeah. but I do talk about the structure of camp and how um, even so, you know, people have some of us are really like love to be spontaneous and just kind of do our own thing. And then some people are very structured and routine focused. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is even if you tend to be more of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person, kids do do better with structure. And so even if it's just when your kids are young and during your parenting years to have a little bit of like these, like the structure in your family life is very helpful. It actually makes everything more peaceful. Um, So at camp... It is really great. The kids respond very well to the schedule, to the structure, to all the incidental exercise. 
And when you think about that, even just having your kids walk to school, if it's close enough, or ride their bikes mm-hmm. to school, that's just a way of getting a little bit of exercise, that 10 minutes of just, you know, feeling like getting the blood flowing yeah, before they get yeah. to school. So at camp, we need to walk around to get everywhere. You know, we're walking to get to the dining porch for mm-hmm. breakfast. And so we get a lot of incidental exercise. The kids are not complaining at all right. about feeling like they're getting exercise, but they're probably walking. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done a Fitbit up there, but probably at least five miles a day by the time they've gone to the lake, back to the dining porch, to their tent, to their activity. I mean, it's a lot of just walking around and hiking around. And they don't even notice because they're chatting with their friends. They're having fun as they walk around. And then they get to mountain biking and they're exercising more (laughs) there. And so part of that and the reason, and this is one of the well-being things of camp, they are following, they are eating regular meals. They are getting a lot of exercise. And they're following this routine that actually makes them feel better. The other thing we do at camp is sleep. And I don't know if you've ever thought about how at camp, we all go to sleep, even the adults, yeah. earlier. Right. So our teenage campers sleep more at camp than they do a hun- the whole rest of the year. Right. Wow. You'd think so, it would be the opposite. Right? right, they're with their friends, they're goofing around, yes. and and I would know, say sneaking like out at you, night, you know, yeah, which, which they done, don't, <laughs> yeah, but like so church camp or those things that are just like the weekend. Mm-hmm. My kids have been on those, and they do stay up all night, right, and right. it's crazy. Yeah. So when you go to a camp for a weekend or a few days, yes, you stay up all night. But for our kind of program, it's two weeks, and so we know that it needs the routine needs mm-hmm. to include really good sleep. And we have some things in place like, um, you know, they all, everyone knows that teenagers can sleep a lot later and then younger kids get up early. So we have different bedtimes for the different age groups and the oldest kids have the latest breakfast time so that they have the, they can stay up later, they can sleep in, but they go to sleep. So like our teenagers will go to sleep at camp by 10 and breakfast isn't until eight. Hmm. And they sleep until right before, and they often come up in their jammies or sweats or whatever. <laughs> so um, so there's just some, like, that structure piece I have really found, and I've used it with my own kids, raising them at home. I was always really big on sleep. That was a huge thing for me. Um, and in terms of exercise, if the kids weren't doing a sport, you know, we would just, like, let's go out and play basketball in the driveway or let's do something because kids need that kind of activity. So I think that whole idea of the structure and having maybe you don't do snacks or what we do now at camp because kids really, they've, they're like snack obsessed. In the evening, dinner's early at camp. You mm-hmm. remember that? We have a big yeah. dinner, but then we have activities, so then people are hungry. And so we always have healthy snacks available. So from like eight, like at eight o'clock, there's, you can get some carrots with some ranch dressing, some apple slices, some, you know, something like that. So we have snacks, but what we don't have is those kind of snacks that, you know, like a bowl of candy. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if you're hungry, yeah, right. a string cheese, here you go. Mm-hmm. Or some apples. If you're really hungry, and that's what I did with my own kids. If you know that that famous you're putting them to bed and they're like, But oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry yeah. And I would just be like, Here's a string cheese. Right. Yeah. You know? oh, but I'm not hungry for that. Yeah. Right. Well, but, then well, you're not you're really, not really right. hungry. <laughs> and that's yep. so true. Yes, you know, so there's true. The, you, you, people call it emotional hunger or yes. boredom hunger yes. um, versus true hunger. If you truly, the, one way to distinguish them, if you're having a, a specific craving, oh, I'm really hungry from, for Doritos right now. Yes. You're probably not really hungry. It's just the right. brain tricking you yes. versus if you're really famished because you've been out riding your mountain bike all afternoon, anything. 
Right. You'll eat whatever. You know, apple, yes. carrots, yes. string cheese. Yep. Anything is going to sound good and you're going to yes. munch down on that. And I think it's good to, that's one of the things I've kind of brought home with me from camp is recognizing that mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and noticing, you know, when I'm really craving that chocolate chip cookie, okay, that's not real. Right. And, 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 well, I uh, think it is because we're addicted to sugar. Yeah. Right, probably. It actually <laughs> sure. is kind of yeah, It's a real, real craving. <laughs> it's a real craving. Yeah, it is a good <laughs> point. It is a real craving. But, right. but uh, it's that you know. boredom thing. And yeah, I think it's right. that emotional thing. It's like, I mean, food, like everything else, is just a coping mechanism mm-hmm. that our kids even learn. Oh, that, you know, on. they're bored or they, you know, it's entertainment. It's mm-hmm. you meet your friend for a frappuccino. I mean, it's like it's very much a cultural thing. And I think right. at camp we take that away somewhat. We have our meals together and we have fun. But the most of the time we're so busy doing other things that are fun together mm-hmm. that we don't need to meet our friend for a frappuccino because we're in a sailboat with them. Yeah. Drinking yeah, and out of our water bottles. <laughs> right. yeah. And they're they're not emotionally hungry for right. for something. So no. they're out in nature. They're yes. getting filled by nature. Yes. They're getting, getting filled by laughter and yes. their friends connection. and new experience. Yes. Connection, yeah. yeah. One of the things that came to my mind as you were talking, so as parents, we often feel pressured that we have to be the – we have to um, – teach our kids everything. Like if we miss something like, oh no, like that's on me, right? And there's a lot of pressure as a parent to, to make sure they get all these experiences and teach them everything. So as you were talking, I, I thought, gosh, how cool to let my kids go away for a week or two. I know they're learning these skills that maybe fills in the gaps where I'm not so great. Um, and then just to kind of have that assurance and almost that reality sit into me that I don't have to be everything. There's other people, other circumstances, other opportunities for them to learn and grow and have these life skills that are very, very important that I know I'm going to probably fall short on. Mm. So I loved that. And then also, I get a couple weeks without my kids. So I remember as a parent, how do I function? Without that, you know, child around me who I love and I want mm-hmm. them to be there. Mm-hmm. But I, I imagine, you know, I, I would get to remember what do I do with my moments when I'm mm-hmm. not checking in on my kids yes. or hovering or yes. making meals for everybody. I, I think that would be an amazing part of the camp experience for the parent. So mm-hmm. what kind of reflections do you have from, from parents who come back on their own experience while their kids are at camp? There's a lot. I mean, honestly. So the American Camp Association is doing a big research study right now. It's called Research 360. And some of their early findings have been that the impact, the positive impact on parents of the kids going to camp. So one thing is for parents in this era where they're tracking their kids, they know where their kids are, when their kid's at camp, they get a break from that. Mm -hmm. So their kid is not carrying around a phone, so they're not following a dot you know, when mm-hmm. their child is going from point A to point B, they're not needing their child to text or check in with them. So they get a break, mm-hmm. a true break from that mental energy, that emotional energy of what is my kid doing right now? And what are they eating? And who are they with? And they they can feel rest, you know, they can be, they can relax. Um, the other thing is, and I always encourage parents on this is, yes, it should be your camp too. So if you get to the point where all your kids can be at camp. So, you know, when when families get to that point with us, they're just like, woo. Because <laughs> the first year your child goes to camp, like your oldest child, it's stressful and not that fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like your yeah, yeah, experience. Right. Oh, yeah, and right. you oh, only right. had her there for a week. Right. Whereas everyone else with her same age child was gone for two weeks right. for the first yeah, time. Exactly. So you had – so the first year as a parent, I always tell people – it's not relaxing for you because even though we know your child's going to be fine and even if they have like some homesickness, we'll help them get through it, you're going to be – it's going to be a very difficult adjustment for you because your whole life has been revolving around this person and caring for them. And to have 
not that person there changes your existence. Plus, you're worried, are they going to be okay? Are they going to have a good time? After that, after they see their child come home that first summer and see the positive you know, changes in their child, the growth, they are all in. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And then then that's when they send their six and seven-year-olds to mm-hmm. us for right. two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> These are the younger siblings. People like are shocked that six-year-olds come to camp for two weeks. Right. And we're like, well, guess what? We don't, I don't encourage that. Like I just say, you know what? Kids are ready at different ages. Some kids are really independent. But the younger siblings of kids who've been coming to camp and the families who have um, experienced it, they trust the experience so much that they are willing and to send their child. So when that youngest child goes away and the parent or the parents are home for two weeks, think of that <laughs> opportunity for a couple. First of all, mm-hmm. probably one of the best gifts you can give to your kids is having a good marriage and sure, having yeah. the time to reconnect and do something fun together because – they come home and you are getting along better or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, and I have really believed this, um, I've there was an article last week that was talking about that kind of mom guilt of like, you're never, you know, you're never good enough at your job or being a mom or you're supposed to be doing everything. These expectations are so high that we're supposed to be everything to everyone all the time. Be great at our careers, be great mom, always happy, always looking good, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember when my kids were little thinking, I wanted people to not even know that I had a job. I wanted to be at school for everything. I wanted to be the room mom. I wanted to do it all. And so then I'd stay up till midnight getting my work done, you know, trying to like keep all the balls in there. Well, I realized like uh, probably, I mean, it was good like 15 years ago. I was like, you know what? The best thing I can do for my kids is show them what a functioning, happy adult human is. And that means hobbies. You know, so if your child's mm-hmm. at camp and you have a chance to go for a hike with a friend, reconnect with some friends, do social stuff, if you have a chance to, you know, if there's an instrument you like to play or you like to go surfing or whatever it is you like to do, if you suddenly have some time to do something you enjoy and you can write your kid a letter at camp and say, well, you know, you're sailing and having fun. And I actually went surfing for the first time in 20 years again, you know, yeah. Um I think that that's a huge gift we can give to our kids, um, more than hovering over them and being at every soccer practice and being there every minute of every day. I think we want to be there for our kids, connect with them, have quality time, pour our love into them. And they need us to say, you know what? I am meeting a friend for dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. They need yeah. to know that they yes. are not our whole life. Yes. <laughs> we are yes. separate from them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's important. And how about when they grow up? This is a thing that a lot of, especially moms, really struggle with when if you've completely poured your whole heart and soul and all your time and all your energy into parenting. Mm -hmm. And that's your only identity. Yes. Then your kids leave and they also, you leave them feeling like they're supposed to be calling you all the time. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure on them. They worry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they know you have friends, hobbies, maybe a job, anything that's that brings you happiness mm-hmm. outside of them, that's a relief yeah. to kids. Oh, sure. They don't want to feel that Mm-mm. pressure yeah. that, like, I'm <laughs> supposed to take care of mom or dad forever. Yeah, right. You know? When you mentioned um, sitting on your child's uh, soccer sideline, yeah. um, I always flash back to when I was a kid, and I really appreciate this, um, I, was into, I was into things, and yeah. my parents would come watch me, but I also would go watch 
them do their yes. thing. Like, mm-hmm. yes. I think it was every Wednesday night, my dad would play hockey. Yeah, and I'd neat. go and kind yes. of sit and, and, and just watch because mm-hmm. I was, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the little adult league. Um, and I think um, it, it's so great for the kids to, to watch mm-hmm. their, their parents perform yeah. or do something like that because for a variety of reasons, if, if nothing else, just to, um, for my dad was kind of, it was a hero type mm-hmm. of um, 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 situation where I go, oh, wow, I can't wait till I'm big yes. enough to play in right. that. Or when he was out doing his sailboat racing and I was just too small to go and, and looking for it, I can't wait till I can do that with my dad, you know, versus always just me playing soccer and seeing them sitting in a folding chair on the sideline arguing with another parent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's great. Or even... You know, on a Saturday, if you know I'm playing my soccer game and he's off doing his hockey game, and we right. can come home and yeah. and talk about you know who did what, and and as a, as opposed to a parent feeling bad for not being there, um, right. you know, sir, when was the playoffs? Sure, my parents were there, but, right? Um, most of the times when I was doing a, a my AYSO soccer in, right. in like junior high and even um, and, and about that age, um, you know, the coach would pick me up. In you know in, in the in the in the car and with mm-hmm. all the other players and mm-hmm. you know we cram them all in and maybe a couple of parents came right. or to help drive or whatever right. but it wasn't this big spectator event that right. the parents were expected to be there right you know, it seems- yeah, and so and the kids not there performing for their parents right. Right. they're oh, yeah. they're there in the moment yeah. enjoying it right and oh, if yeah. you know if my son had his first soccer game a couple weeks ago and he fell mm. and he hurt himself. And the first thing he did was look over at me yep. to see if he was okay. Yep. Yes. Right? Yep. And and I, I the coach and I connected and, mm-hmm. and it was like like don't, yep. right? Yeah, don't and run. so don't run over there. Yeah. Right. So if the parent's not even there, they get to decide, oh, oh am yeah. I hurt? And I've yes. and I've seen uh, I, I acted as a, a, a soccer coach for my son's team for quite a few years and I have many, many examples of seeing a, a particular child performing way better if the parents were not there. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. and so many times they'd, a, a child be, you know, dribbling the ball or, or, you know, not with their hands, but that's what yeah. you call it mm-hmm. when you're kicking the ball down the field. Um, and then you'd hear the parent yell, yeah, go. And then the child would look L- yeah. mm-hmm. and would, lo- it would lose the ball. Yep. And it was always frustrating to know that this when this man when the last week when the parents weren't there this kid was a, mm-hmm. a rock star right. and now he's being impeded and I would often sometimes just if the parents were there hey let's just let them play and yeah. not yell <laughs> you know even the if, yeah. even if it's encouraging yelling yeah right. go 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 it's it's distracting yeah, for the kids it can be and, for sure yeah so. well, one of the things in in my book and because I am you know also when you have many kids like depending on how many kids you mm-hmm. have you really can't be there for every single thing right. and that's okay. Yeah. You know, you figure it out, you get to participate in the big things and you try to be there. But, you know, certainly not like when you have more than one child, you're not sitting there at every practice and every single event because you have other people to to manage and everything. But one of the things in the book that's a very simple concept, it's in the connection chapter, is with your kids, right, whether you have one or many, um, just making a practice of having a one-on-one chat with them every day. That goes a lot further than being at every event yelling at them mm-hmm. from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Just knowing your child knowing that every day you're going to check in on them and like, you know, what's going on? You know, what was your high point of your day? And, you know, you know who are you, who's your best friend that you're hanging out with right now? Or what's the funniest thing that happened to you today? Or, you know, what class are you really liking at school? Just taking that time uninterrupted. 
your phone's put away, and you're just checking on them. And that's a camp counselor concept. Our mm-hmm. camp counselors are taught that that's part of their job with their 8 to 10 kids to have a one-on-one check-in with each of them every single day of the two weeks. And that's just a very short yeah. eye-to-eye, how you doing? And I think parents can get so caught up in – we're driving from here to there, and we have this event, and we have these kids, and I got to get you here, and you know I got to be at this game, and I got to be that one, and then a day can go by where you haven't just sat with your kid for two minutes and said, so you know what's going on, yeah, and how are right. you? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's so sad that we got to that point that we have to actually think about you have to be intentional about yes, that. Yes, yeah. but it is where we are now mm-hmm. because everyone's really distracted and we've got our phones and they're calling. And if you have a job, your phone is you know emails and texts and people can find you everywhere and you know so you can feel this pull that there's always things you need to get done. But I think we need to pull it back and just say, well, the only thing we really need to do with our kids is make sure they know we're here that we have enough time to just be there for them. Yeah, right. For a couple minutes every yeah. day. There's and like I said earlier the the book is so easy to follow and there is you mentioned those connection questions yeah. towards the end of the yeah. book there's I uh, several pages and I don't know how many dozen questions yes. but just there's examples you know if right. parents not sure I don't know what to say I don't know how right. do I connect literally it's just there's dozens of questions just you can yes. go through those yes. and it's everything from What's your favorite color for mm-hmm. the younger kids to, mm-hmm. to, 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 you know, how you doing? You know, like yeah. you mentioned, the ones you rattle off just now. Um, and there's just many, many more. And I think that's such – one of the reasons I love the book is there's just these tools that are so easy to apply. Yeah. You know? so, so I have a question. Yes. And this would be a mom thinking okay. about sending her kids to camp. Right. Um, one of the top concerns would be safety, not yes. necessarily getting hurt, but yeah. safety. Uh, I don't know who they're around. I don't know who their counselors yeah. are. So I'm curious what type of screening process or um, <laughs> accountability or, yeah. you know, what safety measures do you put oh, in place hey, to make as sure? A, as a, as yeah. one of Audrey's employees, uh-huh. um, I mean, it's pretty rigorous. Okay. I mean, background That's good to know. Well, no, I'll let you go into it. But no, actually, this is really good. And interestingly enough, I have an, a podcast episode coming out with another camp director who has done a lot of specific training on this and really has a lot of stuff on his website about all the things they do specifically to prevent kids from getting like molested mm-hmm. at camp or anything like that. Yeah, because really that's probably the top fear about yes. broken bones and yes. hurt feelings. It's yes. like that. <laughs> well, okay. So um, there's a lot of things that we do. And I will say, um, just as a side note, I mentioned the American Camp Association before. When I talk about what we do, we are an accredited camp who goes for, through a very rigorous process of kind of showing on a close to 300 standards mm-hmm. that we follow in our staff hiring, screening, training, supervision policies. So I can't speak for every single camp mm-hmm. because someone can open a camp in their garage and call it a summer camp. If they're not accredited, though, I would say I'd be hesitant to send my child yes. because to me, mm-hmm. accreditation, it's its sort of like a school being accredited. Like you wouldn't send your child to a school that didn't meet like state requirements or accreditation. Right. So I feel the same way about camps. So um, there's a lot of different things that we do. And so and I will, like I said, I have a whole podcast episode. I'll send you guys the link to yeah, that when it comes do. out because you can see all the things we do. But the screening, to be honest um, – most people don't have a record mm-hmm. who who are out to harm children. But there are some red flags that we all know. Um, people who've worked a lot of different places mm-hmm. with kids mm-hmm. who move around a lot. Mm-hmm. Generally, someone who's a really outstanding teacher, 
camp professional, whatever, they're usually pretty steady in one place, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. people, if our, our great staff, we're going to keep them around. Right. We're going right. to hire them back. They're going to get promoted. They're going to be with us. Um, so it's, you know, not that that's for sure a thing, but, um, but that's a thing that we all kind of know. And I would say most people in the child, anything working with children, kind of, that's a red flag if someone's worked at, you know, eight different camps. Yeah. We're going to be like, mm, no, thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter that you have all this experience. Um, we The other thing that's really important is we do a lot of pre-information that would scare off people who might have a tendency. So we, um, we send a lot of things out, starting with the interview process and then the training that we do before. There's a program called Darkness to Light, and it talks a lot about... Um, Helping it basically, we've trained our whole staff to identify people who might harm children. Mm. And there are things that people do, you know, off color jokes, um, whatever. So, our entire staff is basically our army of people. And anyone who had a tendency to maybe think they might want to try to get into a situation where they could harm children, if they see the training that you're doing to train your entire staff to be on the lookout. For certain behaviors, mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a, a deterrent. A deterrent for them to work with you. That's similar. Great. Similar to um, we do drug testing, and that's like another example. So because we do drug testing, um, people who do drugs are going to not want to come work for us, right? So mm-hmm. it's the same idea. So part of it is just the pre-information, and um, and I would say you know. M- all camps that are well run and you know just like schools have this mm-hmm. thing we're all mandated reporters you know all that kind of stuff then there's just policies in place we have a lot of policies and you know you think about like again like when you think about oh my gosh my 6 and 7 year old at camp by themselves well we have multiple counselors on duty all the time and always double coverage anytime kids are changing showering bathrooming you never it's never one on one with oh, an adult good, yeah. um never um if someone has to have a conversation with a camper like about a behavior thing it's always out in the open mm-hmm. never inside any building room nowhere so these are just things that we all practice that are just part of camp mm-hmm. and everybody knows them and so um so it's just a way of life for us you know so i would say um to be honest kids are safer at camp than at friends houses yeah no because the sure. supervision and training uh-huh. um is very high level that's so, really good to know i think yeah. i think that right there is a huge um, selling point, for lack of a better word, for camps like this that have mm-hmm. an amazing reputation and mm-hmm. accredited. Like I didn't even know there was an accreditation. So yes. th- th- I think that's really good for our listeners to know as they're yes. preparing for this coming summer. But I also have another thing that I think is really important that we all teach our kids. And this mm-hmm. is in the book. And it's also, if you've read Julie Lithcott-Hames, How to Raise an Adult. Mm-hmm. So we need our kids to know how to talk to other adults. Okay. Mm -hmm. So regardless of where your child is going, whether it's they're going to kindergarten or a soccer team or camp or anywhere, you need to let your child know what the adults there are there to talk to, that they don't have to wait to talk to you. Okay. So if a child, we do a lot of pre-information with our first year campers, which, you know, you probably don't even remember because it was so long ago, but we, we introduce the campers to all the people who work at camp. The directors, the head counselors, the nurses, the camp moms, the counselors. And we explain to the kids, you have these counselors in your cabin. They're always there for you. And there's multiple. There's usually three of them. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there's three different adults there. If for any reason you don't feel comfortable talking to them, here's your head counselor. Here's the camp mom. Hi, I'm Sunshine. I'm here too. We're all here. 
talk to any of us, anything you need. You know, you wet your bed. Mm-hmm. You need some laundry done. You are feeling sad. There are all these people here that you can talk to. So we need to let our kids know that they have other people, that adults aren't scary, first of all. You want to be discerning. There's certain mm-hmm. creepy behaviors, but most adults are safe to talk to, mm-hmm. and they want to help you. And so, hey, anyone at camp who's wearing this green shirt who works here, anyone that you feel comfortable talking to, you can talk to. So I think that's an important thing for any, not just camp, but in general. I think parents need to let their kids know that they they are safe with other adults too, mm-hmm. and they can talk to them if they're feeling uncomfortable, and they can get the help they need. In the past, kids would write a letter home saying, I can't find my bathing suit. You know, and not want to like tell their parent, tell their counselor who's right there. Yeah, yeah. And then the parent calls us and says they can't find their bathing suit, and we're like, you need to learn to talk to us. We're here for you. Yeah, you know. (laughs) And that's a great teaching moment. Yes, that right there. And maybe they've gone a day or two without being able to swim because they didn't want to ask. Yeah, and that's one of the things in the book uh, towards the end of it. There's, I think it's called the Ready for Adulthood checklist, Mm -hmm. and I think that was one of the first ones on the list is how to talk to adults. Yes. one of the things we've practiced is even sim- simply at a restaurant, yes. having the child order yep. for themselves yep. instead of, oh, they're going to have the kids meal, they're going to have this and that. Oh, yep. do you want fries? Yeah, oh, and they want fries. Just the waiter comes up, uh, mom will order her things, and then I'll look at, yeah. her, okay, your turn to order. And and especially if your kid's child's shy, mm-hmm. you know, it can be tough, Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but they can learn that, wow, I talked to an adult and everything went fine. And look, good, now I have my there's food. No, there's <laughs> nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. And, yes. You know? Even just things, I mean, kids are nervous talking on the phone, like ordering a pizza. Things yeah. like that now are funny for kids because they're used to texting. Yeah. So one of the activities in the book, each chapter has at the end just things to try. And I want to make a note that I am not, I have not done, even with my own family, all of these activities. It's not meant to be like, do all these things. Right. It is meant to be kind of a smorgasbord. Like if you're interested in promoting more kindness in your family, go to the kindness chapter and try some of those activities in the back. It's not meant to do all of them, um, but they range from like a really, like a one simple thing all the way up to like a deeper dive intervention. But one of the things is uh, like be the adult game. And it's literally what you just said. And maybe you remember reading it. It was just, (laughs) it's just doing something with your kids starting at a pretty young age where, okay, I'm going to let you be the adult. So let's walk up to this thing. You're going to pay, get the change, be the the adult. And kids from a very young age, first of all, that's super fun for them. Yeah, sure. Especially if you make it a game. Yeah, like a four-year-old can do it. Oh yeah, we do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like ordering is a great thing. And you can say, hey, I want you to order for me too. Oh, I like that. You know, she'd like yeah, this. Yeah. Um, and and kids really, really like it. And here's the problem as a parent. You, you know, kids are not good at these things at first. And so your tendency is to step in and help them fumble, you know, because they're fumbling for their words or they're mumbling and mm-hmm. the waiter can't hear them. That's okay. Right. You know, the waiter says, oh, excuse me, and they have to say, oh, they have to speak up or turn their head. And all of that is good. And you just have to like, literally, if you're a person like me who likes to talk a lot, just like sit on your, you know, Mm -hmm. cover your mouth, (laughs) duct tape your mouth and just sit there and just let them fumble through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like they'll get if better. You, if you call it a game, yeah. the kids, because I think if you go to a restaurant, okay, little Johnny, you're going to need to order. Yeah, you, you, then, then, oh, then there's pressure on them. Yes. And, oh, yeah. but, if, if, but if you kind of uh, do the, the switch, you yep. call it switcheroo, or yeah. do the, hey, let's do you be the adult game, uh-huh. make it a game that you regularly do, yes. it's, yeah. it's, um, it takes the pressure off of them, yeah. and then they're going to probably yeah. not worry about their, right. what they're doing, because to them it's just a game. If right. they mess up, right. the, the ordering is just a game and no big deal. And, right. um, and what a great way to, to frame it. 
yeah, know, for kids for sure. because I know um, some of my kids were very re- resistant. You yes, know, they, you yes. Know, the, the waiter would come up and they just put their head down. Mm-hmm. And, But yeah, and and I think a lot of settings, like checking out at the grocery store, there's a lot of times where it's really easy. And if they get used to it, it's so cute when you see a kid, you know, a little kid doing that and they get so confident. I have a funny story and then I know where I know I'm talking too long, but so my son, when he was in seventh grade, he was on like, it was called like leadership at his school and they had the job of putting together a field day for the end of school. And it was just like games and whatever. And part of it was um, figuring out food and things. And he, because of his camp experience, we have connections with, you know, the bounce house guy in Mm. Fresno. And we had, um, and then through another friend of his, um, he knows a taco truck guy. So my son called and made the arrangements for the taco truck and the bounce house. And so, you know, he had to get calls back and negotiate the price and figure out how many tacos and all this stuff. So it was no big deal, but he was feeling kind of proud of himself. Like he told me he made the calls. Well, like a month later at the award ceremony, he gets the leadership award. And I honestly think the only reason he got it is because he was the only kid who was comfortable calling adults he didn't really know to make arrangements on the phone. And I'm thinking, wow, that's such a simple thing, but what an easy thing we can have our kids do. Make their own haircut appointments. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Just something like that, like, or dentist or whatever, or going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, why, you know, when you think about it, they can text their friends. They can call and make appointments. You just make it the normal thing. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they're fine at it. And they feel so proud of themselves. And actually, the younger you start, the better. Yes, definitely. No, right. I, I can see that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> once yeah. they get to a certain age, they, they, they've put themselves in that category. Yes. I'm shy. I don't like talking don't on the like phone. This. Yes. A lot of them will mm-hmm. say that. I don't like talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, well, oh, well, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> do you want a pizza? You're ordering it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, if you want a pizza, go ahead. There's yeah. plenty of adults who don't like talking on the phone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. It's true. And it's it's one of those skills that kids need. And what's the worst is there's kids who are 20 at college calling their mom when they're sick mm. because they don't want to call the health center or make an appointment. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And and uh, and that's so many things on this list. Um you know, how to start and use a barbecue. You know, that's awesome. Okay, uh, I don't know, think I know there, how to do that. <laughs> yeah, how to pump gas. I'll never forget when my daughter had been, you know, finally got a car. She got, got a car pretty late. I think she was 17, 18, something like that. But um, um, she calls me a week later. Uh, I know you showed, no, you showed me how to change a tire uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff, yep. but I forgot you didn't – I don't know how to pump gas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, now it's, uh, you know – teach the kid. Funny, I think when I was a kid, I knew how to pump gas because I had sat in the car bored watching yeah. the guy or my, mm-hmm. once once they didn't have station yep. attendance anymore, yeah. my parents pumping my gas versus mm-hmm. now the kids are just kind of on their phones, not even paying attention to, right. to how the gas is getting in there. Oh, I but, mean, my kids get the gas for me once they had the, when they were getting their permits, I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. Yep. here we are at the gas station. I would just sit in the car and say, here's my card, go yeah. go get the gas. That's and a good so, idea. I have a, yeah. a so they year yeah. old, so I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, perfect. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or navigating. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yep. have my, we have yeah. our, our kids navigate. Yes. You know, I'm just going to drive, you tell me yes. when to turn. So they yeah. have to pay attention. I do that with my four-year-old already. Like we drive to grandmother's house or something. All right, which way do I go? Which Way turn. So good. And he I loves it. Yeah. He loves it. And my son used to learn the street names. He's like, is yeah. this Shepherd that we're on now? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's actually easier when they're younger to start mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. I tell you the truth. Like if you start it when they're younger, are they, you know, but it's never too late. That's my mm-hmm. other theory in the book. And I've had some people with adult kids comment that some of the connection things 
you can do at any age. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if you you have adult children and you feel like maybe your relationship isn't great, you can you can do some of the things in here. You know, write a little encouraging note about things that you really appreciate about them, or just reach out to them and and just see how their day is going. And it's still effective. It's never too late. I would just say to be like to kind of help your kid be like more connected to you and that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even just uh, um, this, the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, teaching the eighth grader how to do their own laundry, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. has, yeah. has been a big, mm-hmm. big step, which is kind of cool because now that she's doing her own laundry, uh, you know, her not taking care of, you know, maybe she wore a shirt for an hour. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not dirty now yeah. <laughs> uh, because if it just gets thrown in the pile, now mm-hmm. she's, you know, at the end of the week, she's got much more work to do. So yes. she's kind of seeing the, just the... I remember being a teenager doing that same thing because it's, it's easier to throw something in the laundry than put it away. Right. <laughs> if right. I knew my mom was doing the laundry, not a big deal. I yeah, remember, exactly. I remember that. So, um, well, I think uh, this is about it. Um, it's funny, when I... Um, when I dropped my daughter off at college, um, you know, she was probably, you know, 19, 18. She was young. She was probably even 18. Um, you know, 2,000 miles away at the University of Mississippi. Yeah, I, I got teary-eyed at the time, but it was so much easier for me to drop her off at college because I had already dropped her off mm-hmm. at camp mm-hmm. for nine, eight, eight yeah, or nine sure. years. And um and it was so cool just to, instead of just getting all emotional, I kind of, you know, don't forget the buddy system that you learned at camp, yeah. you know, and which is going to be way yeah. more important in the sorority. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And, uh, and, and I just, I just really, really thank you for, for mm. what, um, the impact that your, you and what you do has, has had on my mm. and my kid's life. And, uh, and that's, and that's just, it's, it's continuing, you know, that will probably go on forever. And, um. I'm so glad that there's a book now that parents, uh, you know, if they ever never get to camp, they can at least mm-hmm. bring some of those very, very important lessons mm-hmm. home. And so um, once again, the book is called Happy Camper, and you can find it. Happy Camper's Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. And honestly, that's probably the, the goal of every parent mm-hmm. is that my, ch- my child becomes a thriving adult, you know, and uh, which what, what, in whatever career path they take. And you can find that at happycampersbook.com. You can find Audrey's podcast, Sunshine Parenting Podcast, and uh, there's some great stuff on there. So... Um, don't forget to find us on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Sears Family Podcast. And uh, don't forget to give us a rating and share it with all your friends. Um, is that, that's, gonna, that's about it, yeah. right, for this episode. Yeah. So for Matt Sears, Hayden Sears, Audrey Monkey, I'm your host, Dr. Jim Sears, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs>